This episode is brought to you by our sponsors. Do you have trouble getting it up? Is your girlfriend saying another man's name in her sleep? Well, worry not. Introducing Bungie Boner. No, it's not some pill made by scientists in a foreign country whose food sucks. You literally buy one of our state-of-the-art bungee cords. It comes in three different sizes, and you wrap it around your junk. This way, the blood can't escape. I know it sounds absurd, but if the ancient Ottomans can do it, so can you. Bungee Boner. Boners are tight. Now on to our guest, Mitchell Alvis. Hey, Mitchell. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> That was the gayest intro I've ever had. And we are 54 <laughs> seconds in, and Mitchell has already dropped a gay. <laughs> I, I knew you were fundamentally retarded, but I didn't know you were mean, retarded. I, well, I'm not. <laughs> I love you, though. All right. Well, thank you for being here, and I'm appreciating <laughs> you showering me with compliments out the gate. Yeah, man, no problem. This is a cool setup. I'm enjoying the uh, ceiling window with yeah. whatever ad. Do do they ever switch the ad up top? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, guys have like literally have knocked on 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 the skylight and I've been like, "Don't do anything weird." Oh no, like, really? What the fuck? I would just start jerking off right where it's visible. Well, they could literally just view me jerking off and I don't want them to see me jerking off because then it's just <laughs> going to be like them going like, is this guy jerking off to our fucking ass cracks right now? <laughs> oh man, poverty. It's my favorite. Yeah, my my I no, live on I'm the first po- floor. Don't don't fucking put me in poverty right now. I know I'm not trying to say you're in poverty. I'm joking around. No, I but... mean like in the sense of like, listen, I I could say this right now. I've never lived a, a below I've never lived in a basement apartment. No, neither have I. And I am I thank God every day about that because my head would probably touch the ceiling. And yeah, I don't you, like, that. like you, Liam, Matt. That's why I say you guys are like the three um, versions of yourself. You guys are all tall yeah, guys. We're, we're multiverse. We're multiverse comics. Yeah, you guys are all the you guys are like the three Spider-Mans in my life. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are like you guys are the pacey white men from like Scott. You're you're either Scottish or Irish, and then like <laughs> and you guys all have some like weird, deep, unresolved issues yet to solve. Yeah, that that's that's kind of racist. I'm not gonna lie. To compare us all the, the, to one another, but I'm never usually the one to call out racism which i think is uh that's racist apparently what what is uh if you ignore racism then you're a racist or if you're not anti-racist and i've always said it's like have you ever seen some of these racists like they they look like they eat other racists like the like the the down south type of people yeah like they're big guys man like you know what, what do you expect me to like confront the guy who says something racist the guy looks like a fucking he looks like one of those guys in Terminator 2 when he goes into that biker bar. Yeah, but like, I, no offense, but like r- racist people sound like that stupid Harry Potter story. You know, when like in the Deathly Hallows, when like Hermione is like reading that story, it just sounds like folklore. Like no. now it just sounds like folklore to me. Like I, I really like honestly, man, like I've done so many shows yeah. where I've been like, deep in the underbelly of like not even near like toronto or like any liberal city right. and like and i'm like talking to like quote-unquote hicks yeah and they're not racist uh like I, yeah, that's i think it's generalizing to say that they're like across the board not racist there are some but i think generally speaking they're people who just live their lives 
And yeah, I mean, if it's an all white town primarily, yeah, you're not going to experience other cultures or other shit like that. So you may be ignorant, but to say they're all racist is absurd. I don't I don't really consider like I like honestly like l- l- I'm brown. They could l- they could honestly just be like, you are a brown packy piece of shit. Get the fuck away from me. Right. But they don't. They they honestly just talk to me and they yeah. d- treat me with decent respect. And for sure. And I'm, and by the way, I've gone to the United States. Like people go like, oh, Americans are racist. I'm like, I've met Americans. Americans right. are way more nicer than Canadians. If I could be honest in, with you. In many ways, in many different pockets, they are for yeah. sure. I, yeah. I I would say. If I go to Iowa, I will probably meet nicer people in Iowa than considering right. the people I've encountered in Toronto. For sure. No, I, I no, Toronto has a smugness to it that it's it's like a stain that you can't wash out for some reason. And I've always said this because you and I grew up outside of the city. We we have a connection with Brampton, Mississauga, yeah. w- which we can get into. But I for you, the longest Mississauga, time, me, Brampton. Yes, obviously. yes, absolutely. Uh but I've always hated on the suburbs because they have vapid, boring people, which is true oftentimes. And it, it is monotonous and it does get boring. And you, you, you got to I think you have to leave eventually. But then you listen to people in the city and they are some of the most vapid, boring, empty fucking people I have ever heard. It's like you live in a fucking cultural hub where you can go to the lake. You can hook up with 14 different people a night. And they don't do any of that. They're just kind of living in a bubble. And yeah, I think that's where a lot of this smugness comes from. And deep within that smugness is is oftentimes some really dark, bigoted shit. Well, have you ever talked to that guy at Tonight Bar, the owner? Tonight Bar. Where, it's, where's uh, Tonight Bar? Um, Ali Banks runs a show there. And uh, Tonight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I, I talked to him. He's a really nice guy and like... We have like some like similarities because like he listens to the same music that I listen to. So we were like talking for a bit and he told me that like he used to live in New York Mm -hmm. and he told me that people in New York are way more nicer than people in Toronto, which Mm -hmm. is such a gap because like the whole perspective of New York is like people are like, go fuck yourself and like and like be like the whole like New York rude attitude. But yeah, they he actually said that like those people are actually way more resourceful, right. way more nicer, and actually would help you if you were in a weird situation. Yeah. Here in Toronto, people are just like very like passive aggressive, rude, and kind of like conniving in a weird way. And, yeah, and I can actually see that a lot. There's a lot of here. there's a lot of that in New York. As somebody who spent time in New York and I've li- I lived there briefly going to school for a summer. For a summer. So I'm I'm not gonna claim New York. But there, there is a smugness and a there. They are. They can be obnoxious there, but Toronto. It's a different type of obnoxious. The passive aggressive type of like bottling in of your aggression that doesn't do anything. Like I was in a lineup, and I think it slows things down. It really does hinder things. I was in a lineup at Tim Hortons, and it was like a fucking SNL sketch when SNL parodies Canadians. This was it. Like when when Canadians get mad at the world, like we're we're not cartoon characters. We're actual people. We don't talk like that. We don't say a boot and we don't No, you do. You you really do. I remember I was in this lineup and the guy in front of me starts ordering. And the guy at the counter, it was like his first second day, starts getting his order wrong. He's like, Oh, so sorry, sorry, I got it wrong. Can you repeat that? And the guy 
making the fucking order starts apologizing to him. So yeah. it's just this ping pong of so, like, sorry, sorry, oh sorry, sorry. They must have said it like ten times in a row. <laughs> and I'm I'm going. This is not reality. This is holding up a line. Just fucking be a little more assertive. Just say, come on, get the order right. Let's get let's get this going. Of course, I could be talking shit because that could just make him more stressed out. But it it it's something. It does hinder people. It it really and then again, like with public transit in the fucking subway during the winter time, when it's two hundred people packed into one subway car and you can't move and you got to get out for your stop. I've seen people literally in Toronto miss their stops because they're they're too nervous to say, "Hey, you got to get out of my way." Or shove no, or nudge people. No, I don't. I don't do that. I, I honestly like push people out of my way. You do that. I've seen other people not. And I, if the, I, I'm like, if this was New York, if this was Chicago, if this was even, I don't know, London, if this was anywhere, this bus, this car would have been cleared out in 30 seconds. Well, the the whole thing about like Toronto too is like, like a lot of people don't believe in segregation here, but there is like a segregation in Toronto because I've noticed that like certain people don't travel like we're comedians so like we go Se- out segregation in what way in like in the sense of like oh, okay i'm i'm little quiet oh, sorry. <laughs> i'm getting the feedback like crazy oh, like i i'm my mostly, ears are ringing i'm mostly saying like if you uh go all the way to like okay if you if you live like all the way in the west end right. a lot of people in the west end don't go all the way to the east end no i agree i agree and the suburbs are even worse yeah, so I, I I say that like if you are from the east end of the city, a lot of east end people don't go to the west, and a lot mm-hmm. of west end people don't go to the east. So it's like it's that weird thing. And then like some even like uptown people right. don't travel that much too. But like no. there, there is that like weird divide. So mm-hmm. some people like just change the way they feel when they like right. when they're traveling and they don't want to like brush any shoulders and stuff like that. But like for, for sure. me, like I'm just like, I got places to be, I got things to do. Get the fuck out of my way. Yeah. And no, that's I'm like, the same I, way. I, and, and it's nothing against like people that live around here. I'm just like, no, it is if something you, if against you're a busy them. Person, it is against you got them. Shit to do, dude. <laughs> I can't. What What the fuck do you want from me? No, I've I've met those downtown Toronto people who've never left downtown Toronto. They've never been to the suburbs. Mind you, there's no reason to go. What are you gonna go? Fucking skateboard outside of a hasty market. It's it's more just people living in their neighborhood and just staying in this little bubble, and they don't go, and they're isolated. It's it's a it's isolation. But I was in like the suburbs. They refuse to claim Toronto. In any way, Mississauga is Mississauga. Brampton is Brampton. Like if you go to Long Island, Long Island people will claim New York. It's the New Yorkers who will say, "Fuck you, you're not from New York." If you go to Chicago, it's the same thing. Like Evanston, Illinois, like all those places, they all claim Chicago. In Mississauga, where I grew up, it's just Mississauga. Like they, like they're happy and they're very content with just living in a city that smells like a food court. You know. Um yeah maybe but like i what i've noticed is like a, everyone that's trying to impress a girl yeah. living in in mississauga or brampton they go like oh no i'm just mi- visiting my mom i'm actually from toronto yeah I know. <laughs> they expected to just start they all like, lie everyone oh my lies. god i'm getting what you're from toronto everyone lies they, they you, go like you pay, oh, i'm from toronto and you then, pay and- two grand a week and blow your landlord <laughs> just to live in a studio apartment <laughs> uh but what was i gonna say Drinking Coke Zero out of the uh, McDonald's container this time. Uh, Got to have my Coke Zero. Shout out to Coke Zero. One day, one day sponsor Coke Zero. Um, 
No, but th- this is the best. <laughs> this is the best story of of isolation of GTA isolation that I've ever had. I was in. Uh, where, where are you going? Oh yeah, no. I was gonna say eventually. I'm like, it's 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 getting dark. It feels like my feels like my brain. <laughs> feels like my personality. But uh, what was I gonna say? No, the best example of suburban GTA isolation was when I was working in Brampton. This is when I was working for my dad at the warehouse. And I there used to be a McDonald's down the street. And I was in the drive-thru and I was wearing my Knicks hat, the one the exact hat that I'm wearing right now. And I get up to the window and the girl behind at the window says, Well, you should be wearing a Raptors hat. And I go, Well, why no, I just like the Knicks. She's like, oh, okay. And she's like, well, I, I, I just like the Raptors because Brampton doesn't have a basketball team. I'm like, why would Brampton have a fucking basketball team? It's a shitty suburb. There's four roads. There's a terrible mall. And that's it. Why would your city have a basketball team? Well, uh, depending on like the demographic and like the, the, the population... It, it could happen, but it's going to take like a long time. No, but why, why would it? Like the pitch, the pitch to the NBA going yeah. like, we are going to make a basketball team in Brampton. And right. we're just going to get like, like the NBA will be like, oh, <laughs> like, yeah. No, like it's going to be a hard pitch because like, I do understand like where uh, they're coming from because like Toronto, when, like even when like the Raptors made the, yeah nba finals like it was like from like like there were like fans from like newfoundland that were, yeah like, coming all the way to like jurassic park to support oh, yeah. us because so it's a Toronto... I, I totally see where like people are coming from no. but like you also have to understand that, like the nba is like an american mm-hmm. association yeah so when there's like three teams in houston i mean in in texas three teams in miami or like i, I think there's, no, there's one team in miami one 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 nba team in miami Oh, I mean, I mean, like, I want to Florida. I mean, yeah. uh, two oh, teams the, in, the in magic Florida, the heat. Yeah. two teams in Florida, three teams in, uh, in, um, California. And then, uh, two teams in New York. It's like, yeah. Like, what do you expect? Well, no, I, I mean, why Brampton though? That's what I'm saying. Why not Montreal? Why not? Ottawa, why not Vancouver? Brampton Vancouver is a tiny actually, suburb. Okay. I know, I know. Bring maybe bring it back to Brampton. What I'm trying to say is Brampton is a tiny suburb. There's nothing there. It's part of Toronto, the GTA. It's not technically part of Toronto, but it's why would it have it's not a distinct place where you would have a basketball team, right? Outside of it's it's a GTA suburb. That's all I'm trying to say. That's it's it's just isolated. They don't claim Toronto the way people claim other places. That's Why all would I mean. you claim Brampton, though? <laughs> no, I mean, but that no. Well, I yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> like, why would you? Like, why would you? Like, I've never met. I've I met a lot of people that are very ashamed to be from Brampton. Well, I'm ashamed to be from Mississippi. Well, you're always ashamed to be where you're from. Which I, mean, I don't understand. I, 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 you're always ashamed to be where you're from. No, you're always I, ashamed of your hometown. I, I, I've, I was, but now I'm not. Now I'm not. No, I go back now and. I'm I'm like this is quiet this is easy going and I enjoy cities I enjoy I don't I don't I enjoy being around people I despise talking to them and associating with them but I like people watching and fucking no, that's, that's kind of stupid but I, I I I enjoy cities I I I will say this right now uh all the 21 year olds or 20 year olds that 
listen to your podcast if they if they, <laughs> if they heard this right now if, if you hate your shithole town yeah go to a metropolitan city and then find out why your shithole town is better than a metropolitan city because sometimes most, it's not though it's so, complex well i would say like I, i've never been to vancouver but i i'll say this right now if you're from a small town in vancouver or like or like like british columbia right and then you like go to vancouver and then you go like oh wow like this is actually like r- really shitty mm-hmm. it's exactly like that because like most metropolitan cities are just a bunch of smug yeah. arrogant uptight people and then they just go they're, li- there they're living and- out of their parents pockets yeah exactly yeah. there's a lot of that and people think that's a stereotype but it really is real and I know quite a few people who are living out of their parents' pockets who mom and dad are in their checking account, yeah, so to speak. I, yeah, I, I work with like a bunch of uh, people like that right now. And I also dated girls like that. And I like the whole city is just like, it, it, trust me, it's just right. it's just uh, like everyone looks like uh, chimney sweepers uh, in uh Oliver Twist. Yeah, and they've never had a job. Uh, but no, no, no. They, they, they work pre- at Bubble Tea. Excuse me. They, they pretend to have a job. Yeah. They're, they're like, I'm a, I'm a social media marketer. It's just like, what do you mean? You yeah. you post reels on Instagram? Like, I will. Off. I will never. I will never understand the desire for people. And I don't know. Maybe it's there, and I'm just an idiot, and I don't get it. But I grew up. Tiny neighborhood, quiet, not a lot of crime. High school was a little wild. That was about it. That was my only exposure really to like violence of any kind, fighting. There was kids that were robbed. But I, the desire to, lit, to, to want to live in that type of environment, if you grow up middle class, upper middle class, really wealthy, really well off, to go into a city and try to slum it to just get a piece of that there's just the arrogance of that like a lot of rich kids that live in the city they're fundamentally stupid and i really I, I really cannot talk to them half the time i agree to an extent and then there's other it depends on how you're raised if your parents again there are people who work their fucking asses off who i don't know they they carve out a nice living for themselves they raise kids they raise them under practical circumstances teach them manners, teach them how to treat people, and those kids are fine. But the other kids where it's Miami Beach, every spring break, Cancun, fucking drinking booze, shouting out racial slurs, all that shit, that's, that's the kind of stuff that I have seen, but I don't know if it's the, I don't know if it's the majority. <laughs> well, like, here's the thing. Like, you can't have it all. So, I, I like... I'm not going to like scold anyone for no. being like rich and successful, but I'm just saying that like when like it's just the roll of the dice because like some people will have normal kids, but then like some kids are just going to be like socially awkward. Right. And I think that like when you, uh, when you become rich and successful or like if you just become rich or whatever, like, I don't really mean like famous. I just mean like rich and successful. You could honestly like not be around your child to teach them what's right and wrong like how to actually talk and how to actually approach people my dad my dad and my mom actually taught me how to be like not like stupid around people where did you lose that what do you mean (laughs) (laughs) oh you meant when i became like fundamentally autistic (laughs) what happened when i when i I moved to fucking toronto (laughs) that explains it 
Here at Something's Off, we try to gain insight into our guests, and that's what I did. I, I love how I say our, our, like it's multiple people, like I have a team. I got to lose that. It's delusional. <laughs> that was a little bit of an insecure moment from you. <laughs> oh, man. So when you say rich kids, rich kids who are smug and arrogant, do you mean the kinds that sound like John Mulaney? Oh, wow. You're actually going to bring this up right now? <laughs> well, why not? It's a fun conversation. Mitchell doesn't like John Mulaney, and I happen to... He's not my favorite, but I appreciate his writing style and his comedy. So you can say what to a degree... What writing style? What comedy? See, this is just it. What, what, what is he saying that's actually funny? Like, give me like but one again, bit. But again, th this is subjective, though. But one, give me one bit that, that's actually funny. Uh, I mean, him talking about the his at his elementary school when he was this was the radio city special at his elementary school they had a chicago police officer come in when he was like nine and talk to them about uh getting kidnapped and oh if you get kidnapped uh punch a hole through the fucking trunk and wave your little finger like that that that's funny and just how unprepared they were for that as children and this guy comes in like apparently the cop had blood on his shoes like he's telling this whole story and th these are nine-year-old kids. I don't know. I find that a funny... I'm not doing it justice right now, but I think it's I, funny. I never really found John Mulaney funny. I found him like a very like boring, mundane Seinfeld ripoff. I, I, I was like... Uh, it, it's, it always like... It always felt to me that I was watching Seinfeld, but like right. very cookie cutter, very boring, and sure. never like really taking any risks. Seinfeld was actually angry. I felt like John Mulaney was manufacturing angry. I never really believed him. Okay. And I would always watch him do stand up and I was like like I would always hear people on podcasts tell me that he's funny, but then like is like what were they just trying to sell me on right. something? It's like it's kind of like Again. Manscaped how I always see some YouTubers telling me on Manscaped and I'm like you guys right. don't believe in this bullshit. Well, no, it's it's uh it's subjective. You don't like him, then you don't like him. Uh, the reasons that you dislike him, I disagree with, but they can be valid. I don't know. He can be a site. He, he might be a Seinfeld ripoff. I'm not sure. I, I just don't. I, there's like a lot of comedians that I don't find funny. But like it's it's all it, like I like you said, it's all subjective. Like right. I don't find I don't find Kumail funny. I don't find I don't find Kumail funny either. I don't find Pete Holmes funny. I don't no, find. I, uh, yeah, uh, I don't either. No. I don't find like a lot of people that that funny, and it there's like like why 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 should I like Tig Notaro? Right, because because she had cancer and then she beat it, and then like now she's fundamentally funny. No, I watch no. her act, and like I was like I don't care that you never had cancer. watched her. Now I had to like laugh at you. Right, like, that's sympathy laughs. Yeah, like, no, no, like, you're, you're like, correct like, about that. Like when like all like by the way, like a lot of Indian people that are that I'm friends with that live in brampton they told me to watch the hassan minaj special and i watched it I and i'm not like it. and i'm not being a dick but mm -hmm. i was like this is not funny yeah like no. it's like it's like why should i laugh at this this is like, just it, it like that's the whole that's the whole thing it's just like it's like why should i laugh at disease why should i laugh at hassan minaj because mm -hmm. they're indian because mm -hmm. they have the same life experiences as me right no they don't they don't have any life experiences as me they're, they're just they're just brown right 
they're brown comedians and I'm brown. So what what does that mean? Right. I don't uh there there's there's no part of me that doesn't like uh clean stuff. Like I, yeah. I do I like, like I like some clean like, I own a DVD of Dimitri Martin. Sure. I'm not like like Live at the Purple Onion yeah. is one of my favorite specials. Right. Like I'm not going like Zach Galifianakis as a hack. Right. I, I'm I'm fully aware of like Marie Banford and all these comedians. No, Brian like, I'm, Regan. I'm, I, yeah. Like I'm I'm aware of all these comedians. Like I'm I'm like I like these comedians, but I I actually have to be honest with you that like I don't like John Mulaney. Mm-hmm. I don't like Kumel. I don't like Pete Holmes, and I don't like any of these like hack premises or like hack bits that i'm just like i just don't like like right. what do you like wait when people are like oh you you don't like kumel you you're not smart enough what yeah what does that mean it's like it's like 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 i like dan soder but if someone doesn't like dan soder i don't go like oh you don't get it i just go like okay then like whatever i just move the fuck on yeah. but like dan soder is actually like dumb guy comedy so if you don't get Dan Soder, I just go like, okay, then you're like severely stupid at that point. I, yeah, right? I it's don't. Like, it's like it's like it's like Dan Soder is like really like narrowing it down at this point. Like Nate Bargatze is narrowing it. Like I like very like normal comedians. Like right. I like Dan. I like Nate. I like um, I I like like just straight up like comedians. Like the guys that are like that. Like, right. They're good comics. I'm into that stuff, too. I like a wide array of comics, right? I like a lot of the shit Roseanne used to do. I like uh, some of the stuff. I mean, like, again, some of the stuff that Aziz, like Aziz's last special, which he's not, by the way, he's not dropping in. There's like four different audiences in that crowd. He didn't just walk into the comedy cellar and fucking shoot a special impromptu. But some of that's funny. Like a lot of that, I I was laughing out loud at some of his premises, some of the jokes. I thought it was genuinely funny. So you can like that. You can like all different kinds of comedy, but it is it is subjective and it all has a right to exist. Like the people who say, I like this over here. The dark shit is for incels and I, and uh, school shooters and all that shit. They, you, you couldn't be more ignorant. You couldn't be more wrong. It all has a right to exist. Fucking just let it. I'll say this right now that like Aziz is probably the luckiest <laughs> bastard I've ever seen in my entire life. And I'm not like downplaying him. I'm mostly saying that like if you watch his two first first specials. Right. Like I've actually like once like sat down and watched his two specials like in a row. Yeah. And they are actually really funny. Mm-hmm. But. If you watch his first special, you could totally tell that like this is all of his material. Yeah, he's ever flustered out, and then like he had to like work his ass off to get his second special mm-hmm. to come out, and then his third special, Buried Alive, was just dog shit. Right, and then all of his other specials were just bad. So I feel very bad for him, not in the sense of like oh boo hoo right. to rich aziz i'm sorry i'm just saying that like he is like a guy that actually has to work mm-hmm. to get those laughs because he has the jerry seinfeld effect where like everyone does like him immediately once he goes up on stage but then after like the thir- first three minutes they're like you're not fundamentally funny right so he actually has to work to convince these people that like he is aziz i'm sorry that he is so yeah. You right. could be like I'd rather be Dan Soder than Aziz Ansari because right. Dan Soder is just a random guy that could just be fundamentally funny yeah. and could kill 
wire to wire. But Aziz is like such an A-list. Like I, I've been on Parks and Rec. He's I'm a celebrity. Famous. They're they're two yeah. different calibers of comics, right? They're two yeah, different. Like I rather I rather be the normal guy. Like like Dan my favorite Soder. comedian right now is uh, Tom Cassidy. Like no know, one knows who, who the that fuck is. that guy is. No. He's in New I'm York. I don't know who that He's is. a writer for Adult Swim. He's a fundamentally funny comedian. He buried every single comedian on the Kevin Brennan roast. Right. He's a funny fucking comedian. He knows how to write a joke. He could actually make he made Aaron Berg, quote unquote, a Canadian comedian, die of laughter because right. he's so fucking funny. And he's actually like a good comedian. Every like he's actually like a good guy. Mm. Andrew Schultz actually shouted him out when he brought out his special. Like that guy is a, actually a funny comedian. Right. They, those guys know how to write jokes. Like you look everyone look up Tom Cassidy. He's a good fun, funny comedian. Like, I will look up Tom Cassidy. Fire out Tom Cassidy's socials for me. Yeah. We're like plugging that. Tom Cassidy today. I'm Tom Cassidy's hype man. <laughs> My name is Aziz Ansari. You ever order from Starbucks and the lineup's so long that it's out the door? And you're like, come on, man. I got to get my sugar fix. I got to get I gotta get that sugar. I got to get it. 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 And then John Mulaney comes in. I'm John Mulaney. My wife. My wife said, John, are you doing cocaine? And I said, no, honey, I'm not doing cocaine. And she looked me in the eyes and said, well, what happened to all the $20 bills? I kind of like that you uh, took my uh, hand thing for the Peterson bit, by the way. I am, I'm announcing it here, actually. This is the appropriate time to say it. I am doing a full one-man show as Jordan Peterson, and I will be performing it before the end of the spring. And it's going to be great, and I'm going to invite my family and friends, and even some critics. That Baxter has a crush on your on your sister, by the way. How does Matt Baxter <laughs> know my sister? Dude, that guy's a creep. <laughs> oh, I think he did tell me that he looked at my sister. So I don't know. <laughs> One day he just randomly brought that up to me when we were like walking down the street. He was like, yo, Alex, you're with sister? She's hot. And I'm like, all right, man, that's nice. <laughs> I, I mean, okay. She's 27. She's, she's, unless you're talking about like the 21 year old sister. Cause I have a 27 and a 21 year old. He's a very bizarre man. I had to say this. Right well, now. I mean, having a crush on somebody's sister is not the most bizarre thing I've ever heard. And it's not the most bizarre thing Matt's ever done. <laughs> no, it's so. not. But I mean, like in the sense of like him finding out about your sister when you never introduced us to your sister. No, she's never been around. And you know what? It's not going to happen. Now. That's exactly. That's why I said it's bizarre. I don't you brought I don't that up. Care. She's 27. <laughs> no, she already has a boyfriend. But uh, what was I going to say? Okay, we got to move on because we wanted to talk about movies. I mean, we're talking about subjectivity. You don't like John Mulaney. I do like John Mulaney. You do like Don't Look Up. I think that it is a preachy piece of shit. So we can start there. Oh, I, I, I like this. Like, I like the director. Um, so do I. 
Uh, he's a great director. Uh, I I thought that like the movie was not being fully preachy. If if it was being preachy, I, I would have like shut it off immediately. I thought it was on the nose. Uh, I thought it was fully on the nose. I I thought I thought it was actually like kind of like telling us that like once you see something that like look at COVID. They're, mm-hmm. they're capitalizing over COVID. So I like, they're kind of like using the meteor in the movie as like, as like, like, well, like look how like capitalistic, like right. people make things. for sure. I That's mean, That's why like, I was like, kind of liking it because like, it's kind of like equating things to yeah. what's happening right now. Right. And I, I never like, see the thing is like, I never really like watched that movie and was just like, this is a masterpiece. Yeah. I just said, it's a good movie. Well, that's I, that's like I think a lot of people see me like quoting something right. or like saying something, right. and then they go like, "Oh, like he means like this is like the greatest movie on earth." The greatest movie, like my favorite movie, is Schindler's List. Like for sure, it's, like, it's in my that's, top that's, twenty. That's, like, that's my favorite movie, and like a lot of people go like, "What's your favorite movie?" And I'm like, it's "Schindler's your fa- List." It's your favorite movie. Yeah. Okay. I mean, again, this podcast it it unveils many surprises. Wait, why? Why did you? Well, I just didn't expect that to be your favorite. I, I, I would have expected you to like the movie. I didn't expect that to be your favorite movie. Uh, it's I'll, one of my favorites. I'll tell you why I like it. I like that. Like, um, it's a beautiful film. It's yeah, terrifying. I, I it's. Never, I'm never really excited. It was beautiful. I would say. I like, think it's a beautiful film. I think it's like a very like tragic movie in the of sense course. of like it's, no. it's so horrific and just. Like every moment is just sad and it's just like it just really shines a reality on like why like society should never like repeat history. No, for sure. Because like it it really shows that like there like there was like a society of people that were like like even like if they work twelve hours a day. More than that. Just like sweating <laughs> like yeah. bullets. You were or still, even it like was still going end. outside yeah. to shovel snow to help a car full of Germans move, right? Like and they're still freezing their you. asses off. They won't even get a penny out of it. So I never like watched that movie and was just like, I wa- I watched it because I love it because of like the cinematography, the the acting, the way the that like, everyone like carried themselves in that movie, and and I thought it was like a very beautiful movie in the sense of like. Because it's it's the way the story was told, right. but I never like really like when people ask me like why do you like the movie? I thought it, I I always say like it's such a tragic movie because well, it's because it's so like like yeah I, you, you like when people actually when you tell people like I don't think the newer generation is gonna understand the Holocaust the way we understand the Holocaust. I think you they could will. teach the Holocaust to, to generations. You teach it to them, yeah. You could teach it to them, but they'll never understand it until like. Like it's fu- kind of fucked up to say until like they actually get like second handed until they actually like see it. But then like a lot of people think it's like like they're like oh no way that's real. Like well no those people are fucking idiots. Yeah. And again it's all about education and shit. But and hang on going back to Schindler's List this is interesting and this is this kind of ties into what I was talking about before. Schindler's List is the perfect example of. You don't. It shows you that you don't want to repeat history, but it's the best, one of the better examples in film of a message, a movie with a message that is wrapped inside a story, inside drama, inside a great script, inside powerful performances. It's entertaining in certain parts. 
there's humor, there's all kinds of stuff that are, there's, there's bits of humor, obviously. It's a Spielberg movie. It's a quintessentially Spielberg film. But there is a message. It's trying to tell you something, but through art and through entertainment, whereas Don't Look Up, I find every fucking scene, every line of dialogue, and this is, again, shows you the sign of the times, every line of dialogue, they were making a fucking point and patting themselves on the back. That's how oh, I felt, no, dude. I, I I agree with you on that. Oh, oh. I I didn't I didn't like disagree with you on that. I I, yeah. I the 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 thing I liked about it was like they were like the thing that I liked was that they were kind of telling people that like no matter what the tragedy is, yeah. they're gonna capitalize on it. It's sure. like it's like no director, no without question the, the the director Adam McKay like actually like the reason why I like him is because like when you watch that movie Vice yeah like Vice is actually doing like have you ever which i didn't movie? like i didn't like you no, don't like it no. why i just thought it was kind of boring in one note and, yeah i thought it was yeah. really funny i thought it was there great parts. sam rockwell like, was great christian because, bale like, because the whole point of the movie is to show that like okay now here's the thing like dick cheney might have not been that guy and it could have been like totally like fabricated he was he was close to that guy okay but here's the yeah. thing I if think. you really like like there's like little like singular moments where like even like that restaurant scene where they're like ordering stuff but yeah. it's like it's like who to bomb that's really like that's very creative dark okay. and funny maybe and, i do need to rewatch it yeah and, and and then like and then like what yeah. about like what about like how like they did the focus groups right look at, look at all the focus groups that they did and then like instead of saying like oh instead of saying global warming do you guys want to say climate change it's yes. just like that's fucked up, dude. So that's fucked up. Hang on, because they're doing that right now with this whole like, with the whole like COVID shit. So I just want to cut in. You you made a good point that yes, the message of "Don't Look Up" is no matter what the tragedy is. Well, th there's several messages. It's also there is this urgent problem that is in our face. It's an allegory for climate change, which I think is it's a false allegory because a meteor is not the same as climate change. But. Uh, in, in terms of capitalizing on events and you always have to make money, you always have to capitalize. Yes, I think that was done. It was too heavy handed, the message in that movie. And I think there was a movie made in the 70s that did the exact same thing and it worked and you didn't even know it. And you know what it was called? What? Jaws. Why? Jaws is about a shark that is eating people, devouring people on a beach. It's killing dogs. It's killing children. It's killing hippie chicks. It's it's just it's biting people, eating people, and it's about a sheriff who's trying to warn the mayor. Hey, you, we, we got to shut this down. People are dying. People, more people are gonna die. And the mayor goes, Nope, we got to keep the beaches open. We're looking to make money. There's no problem. And they don't really see it as a viable, actual issue. And it's the perfect movie. Alex, most movies teach you a lesson. So, uh, I'm not saying that. No, I'm. I know. I, I I agree. With, no, I'm agreeing with you. I'm saying that like most movies teach you a lesson. So like, you know, when like a lot of people watch Godfather and they go like, "Oh, look, Sonny got killed." Right. Oh, look, Michael shot the people in the in the restaurant. That's look not the point of the movie, my boy. Th that's not the point of the movie. The whole point of the trilogies, part one and especially part two is to watch Michael collapse on himself. Of course. Yeah. Because, watch, Michael is a normal guy yeah. that was rebelling against his family, yeah. and he didn't want to be part of his family, yeah. and then he became part of his family, right. and then he became a darker version of himself, right. and then he started excluding everyone. Mind you, a, 
a message in a film is not necessarily the same as social commentary. What do you mean by that? And now, now more of these movies, instead of just having a pure message, there's social commentary. They got to hit all the beats because it makes money when you hit all the beats. So you got to do the stuff about uh, sexism, racism. You have to have all of that in one movie. Because the writers right now and the directors right now, they don't know how to be subtle. No, they don't. And that's what I mean with this fucking movie is it's not subtle. Like, overall, like what they're really saying is like most tragedies, people try to capitalize on. So I really like the message that they were trying to push out. But the preachiness and all that nonsense that I was saying, yeah, I didn't like it. I and I just, it. I couldn't see past that. Perhaps you could see past it. I couldn't see past it in the movie. And I'm just, I'm, I have more of an eye for this shit now. Not saying you don't, but for me, I just find it, it's, it's harder now to invest myself in a movie that's about something without navigating through all the heavy handed bullshit that they throw at you. Subtlety is, again, a very in- distinct, important aspect of art. And I'm not seeing it as much in today's movies. Well, you have to also understand the like, okay, like, in my opinion, the best movies that ever came out were during the 90s. It was darker. Mm. Yes. Grimmer. Dude, the best. 70s more. Dude, the best movie that like, and by the way, like, this is actually really cool. The best movie that's ever came out during my time was in October 1992 when I was born. Reservoir Dogs. That was the yep. best movie. And it challenged Dude. you. Challenged you to like the characters. Exactly. They're all fucking misogynist, racist. They're dropping N-bombs. They're doing all kinds of shit. And you're invested. Yeah. And I like that movie because they actually make you want to be like, they want you to actually be invested into the movie. Right. Because like when you watch the movie for the first time, you're just going like, wait, what are they doing? They're, right. they're all in a restaurant. They're just yeah. talking about like mundane shit. It's it's again criminals being humanized, even if they are the most despicable, reprehensible people living. Yeah. I mean, Michael Madsen's character, Mr. Blonde, he's torturing policemen, he's shooting people in the street, he's shooting pregnant women in jewelry stores, he's doing all these things. But yet he just wanted to go to Big Kahuna Burger on his way back over to the rendezvous point. He got hungry and he's he's sipping a soda and he's subtle. He's cool, calm and collected. That's a fucking character. He's a piece of shit, but that's still an interesting character. No, there's like a lot of characters in the movie that I that I really like. I I, I like Reservoir Dogs. If, if it came down to like five movies that I really like, it has to be Schindler's List. Reservoir Dogs, uh, Natural Born Killers. Okay. Uh, I, I, I gotta rewatch say, that. I would say Goodfellas, and then uh, Godfather Part One. Yeah. Not it's... two, because I know like two is very like controversial because like. The whole point is like, oh, it's like, oh, you you should love two because it has Al Pacino and 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 Robert De Niro. Yeah. But I I like one because one is very fast paced, and it right. kind of gets to the point. Two is like you had to like digest it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, uh, I mean, I think two today. I think when it first came out, number two was polarizing. I think now, fifty years later, almost two is, I mean, it's pretty well revered. 
people love it. Yeah, there's like a lot of movies. By the way, there's like a lot of movies that I do actually like. Like, uh, I know you told me to pick five, but like you can you can go on as long as you want. Have you ever watched Basic Instinct? No, I never saw Basic Instinct. Basic Instinct is a great movie. I think a lot of people like look down upon it. I think Primal Fear is a great movie. I think a lot of people look down upon that too. Wasn't Not Luca Magnata like a Basic Instinct fan? Yeah, Didn't he but model like, but himself like he did, after but that? Like he, like he, like romanticized it in the worst ways possible. Yeah, no, because he would do like the fucking pussy flash. Yeah, like that. that, that like, fucking legs crossed. But then, but like also at the same time, like the '90s was like when like all the torture porn was coming out. Like right. even like uh, nine and a half weeks was like, I don't think it was like torture porn. Never but, saw like, it. But like, you you should watch that. It's uh it's with a. Uh, uh, What's that guy that uh, did uh, The Wrestler? Uh, Mickey Rourke? Mickey Rourke, yeah. yeah. Mickey Rourke before the plastic surgery. <laughs> Ma- Mickey Rourke when he looked, looked half human? Yeah. And he looked like a, actually like a handsome fucking man. Actually, yeah. well, I don't know. Mickey Rourke and The Wrestler, man. Bit of a piece. Bit of a piece. That's another one of my favorite movies. I actually like that movie because like uh, I am a wrestling fan. I'm not a wrestling fan. I just find that movie, this, that story fascinating it's haunting it's depressing it's it's such a good drama one of my favorite dramas uh, you should watch uh you you should actually get into wrestlers because like i i always advocate to comedians that like you'll have more in common with a wrestler than most people wrestlers for sure fight in gyms and empty like just whatever barns for two dollars and a comedian's are like well i, I perform for free yeah do you want to perform for two dollars? <laughs> you fucking travel all the way to Albany, New York, when you're from fucking Ottawa. I believe it's called Albany. Yeah, well, how dare you? <laughs> they they travel all that far for two dollars, and then they have to fucking jump from a fucking barn into a ring, you, and, you, and, and then they hurt themselves, and then they and then they don't even get paid that much. You know, you know, a place that used to have actual wrestling matches, the Rock Pile. You ever go there? You ever go to the Rock Pile? No, you know what? Uh, it's by Highway by 427. You know where uh, I went to? It was in Mississauga. Where? Where your hometown was. Mm-hmm. I went to uh, a wrestling academy. And uh, a famous wrestler was actually a teacher there. His name is Santino Manrella. He Never was part of, of the WWE. And it was such a mind fuck for me because I was such a fucking retard. Hang on. You went to the wrestling academy to learn wrestling? No. Oh, okay. I thought you were like, like oh, my fuck. Buddy, okay, because my... then we'd have to just swipe everything, and I just want to do a separate podcast on Mitchell no, 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 at wrestling no, no. school. My, my my buddy actually took his class. His name is Jesse uh, Jesse Fernicola. Uh, I don't think he wants me to say his last name, but whatever. Uh, he uh, did the course, and he invited me to his first show. But then he told me to come. And I'm like, I don't really want to come, man. And then like he's like, no, 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 dude, you had to come. And I'm like, why? He's like, Santino Morella is the owner of the academy. And I'm like, wait a minute. The guy that was part of the WWE? He was like, yeah. And I'm like, wait, I thought he was Italian. He's like, no, you idiot. That's his character. He's from Mississauga. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then when he went up on stage and started talking, he started talking like this. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, my God, he's not Italian. Like, no. that's how good. Like, well, hang like, on. Like, Italian, like, Italian, like, hey, I'm a little bit like that. Or, dude, he or debuted, Toronto, GTA, dude, he, dude, your he, bro. That no, guy. no. 
he debuted his first debut match was him like someone like pointing into the arena out into the audience mm-hmm. but like who wants to fight this wrestler and then he pointed up his hand and he pretended to be an audience member <laughs> but he was actually from mississauga and he, for his whole gimmick his whole time being part of the wwe he had to pretend to be an italian i mean was he getting paid yeah, that's what they do. They do fucking characters. No, no, no. But I'm just saying that, like, it's like, it's like that was this whole entire act. Yeah, and I mean, to, like, well, like that's insane. And there's, then, like, there's and some then, of them. And then, like, when he went into the, when he like went to the WWE, he couldn't change his character. What was I gonna say? Because I do want to get back into movies. We're almost an hour into this, so. Uh, yeah, I, I would say that like my favorite five favorite five movies are Schindler, Schindler. Natural Born Killer. I don't think a lot of people watch Natural Born Killer. To be honest, I have not seen Natural Born Natural Born Killer. I'm it, not a big Oliver Stone guy. I like you, Platoon you, and JFK. You know what? Honestly, like uh, Robert Downey Jr. is in the movie, and he's a pussy yeah, in the movie. I know. He's uh, there's a lot of people in that movie. Tom Sizemore's in it. Uh, well, no, Woody, Woody Harrelson's the main character, and Juliette Lewis, and you know, there's a bunch of people. I'm just never an Oliver Stone guy. That's all. He's a little too political. It gets into like conspiracy shit for me. I do like how Tarantino wrote the screenplay or well, wrote the a story. Lot of people like the, the the thing is like like those are my favorite movies, but like and like when it comes down to like directors, like like it, if you're like a huge movie buff. It all divides. Right. That's how I feel. Like I'm listening. I like certain movies, but then I like certain directors. Like my favorite director is David Fincher. Yeah, Fincher's okay. Uh I mean, there's some of his movies looking back, like I do not think Fight Club holds back and I will literally fight somebody in a fucking basement, shirts off. Let's do it. I don't give a uh, shit. A lot I, of people ask me, like, like when I say David Fincher is my favorite director, they go like, "What are you, some Fight Club guy?" No, and no. I'm like, no. My favorite movie is Seven. Seven, Seven's the same. I think, I think Seven Seven's better than Fight Club. Movie. I think Zodiac did a better, more realistic version of what Seven set out to do. Zodiac's my favorite Fincher no, movie. Seven is actually my favorite. It was my favorite movie from Fincher, and then it comes down to. Uh, Gone Girl. Gone Girl's great. And then uh, the girl in the uh, no, uh, Social Network is actually like a great movie too. Mm-hmm. It comes down like like Fincher is actually great. like a great director, and I feel like he gets like looked down upon. No, he doesn't at all. No, no, no he's no, one no. of I the mean, greats. Like, I mean, like I mean, like in the sense of like people don't bring him up as much as like as like Wes Anderson, like uh, uh, Spielberg. Um, well, Spielberg's up here. Wes Anderson is a little bit below uh, Spielberg and like where Scorsese, Tarantino, Coen Brothers are all up here. Wes Anderson is kind of middle of the road. I feel. He's great, but he's like P.T. Anderson where it's, he has a very niche group of people who like their movies. Well, like, I mean, like in the sense of like people, like I, I feel like Fincher doesn't get that much respect as like, as like other people, like, Mm, like it depends. The Coen Brothers, like um, I think Fincher's up there. Chris Nolan, uh, Chris Nolan would be Nolan, up in a like different. All these people, yeah. like, they they get so much respect, but Fincher's actually a great director. Fincher's a great. I don't know who's disputing this. Like this is just it. I think that Fincher is. I don't. I one don't of hear, the best. I don't hear his name as much as like reg. Like like it, it's like it's like right now like 
I would love to hear the Safdie brothers get a lot more respect. The Safdie brothers are young. That's the thing. And they've only done a couple movies. Yeah, I so know. So it's wait, wait another 10 years. They will be, and I am almost, I'm certain of this, they will be up there. They're, I love how the new sort of gritty New York street crime film is coming back. And they're kind of in the, like, they're the vanguards of that. Or, or like they're part of that group that's bringing it back. I uh, I show my mom Uncut Gems, by the way. She like I, was, I went to go see uh, I went to go see my mom and like we were like hanging out yeah and then like I was just in my mom's living room and then I was like gonna start watching Uncut Gems because I just wanted yeah. to watch it and then she's like what are you watching I'm like Uncut Gems and yeah. she's like she started watching and she was dying of laughter because the whole thing is like Adam Sandler is a shit human being that's he's, the he's whole awful. thing and a th- lot they- of people in movies are trying to be better. No, that, and that's just dog it. dog shit human beings. They're, now these directors and writers are like moral arbiters of like, this is, what, this is what human beings should be. They have absolutely no insight to the human condition. Mind you, like I'm not, I talk like I'm some street tough who fucking grew up like sitting on a stoop, like you got to let us suck on your brajol. Like I, I'm not that guy. That was, they are so good at depicting the degenerates. Good time was like that, and they do it with the the performances that they get out of these people. I would love to see what they do. I would love to see them get fucking Rob Schneider in the next one and get him to play like a human trafficker or something like that, because they could probably get an actual realized performance out of him if they could do it with uh, Pattinson. If they could do it with Sandler, they could do it with whoever the they could do it with Carrot Top. I like. I don't get the Safdie brothers yeah. actually saved. Um... Pattinson's career, hundred percent, because he would not have gotten Batman if it wasn't for Good Time, if it wasn't for any of those other ones. Because, because you had to, you had to, you had to think about it like this: Pattinson did Twilight, so that should have been like, like which he didn't just like, like, just like, just like career dying, which he didn't like. Yeah, yeah, like, uh, like, um, uh, who's that guy that did uh, the Fifty Shades of Grey movie? Where is he now? That guy's James, having probably uh, a hard time. No, he he was in uh, the Belfast movie. J- Jamie Don Jamie Donan Donan Jamie Donan he's a great actor by the way I'm not he's saying a like he's actor, a shit yeah. actor he's a great actor but like he's uh, not, he was he's he not... was not good in Fifty Shades of Grey <laughs> you watched it of course I did I went on a Valentine's Day date <laughs> somebody watched it we were all liquored up and I I I've never watched it but I'm just saying that like he was like like these guys like they they get it like like Pattinson had to prove himself at that point which is actually like a good thing for him he should have done twilight because then it actually makes everyone be like oh he's just a shit bag actor yeah but then he does these like really like gritty movies like he did the lighthouse great movie he did a uh, good. good time good movie like he does all these good movies so like people go like oh he could actually act right he could actually be these dying what, like, like what i'm saying like he could be these well, back, back to the Safdie brothers because they they put him on the map as far as the, his, like showing off his dramatic chops. That that movie that's one of my favorite movies to come out in the last ten years. I fucking love it. I want a t shirt with his face on it. I want like all cut like I want all of I want the merchandise of that. I think in ten years that movie is going to be like a cult classic. Rappers are going to be fucking referencing it. It it is just such a good New York gritty street movie about a scumbag who has a little bit of, he has some depth he loves his brother he's ultimately trying to save his brother so you give a shit about him again that's what i'm fucking talking about it's a movie with some depth it's not making a point it's not uh, and you can say that that movie's about a million different things it can be about 
uh, the prison complex, cash, the cash bail system, which fucks people in, in America, uh, poverty, all these different things. There's all these underlying themes in that movie, but it's not fucking hitting you over the head with it. So you, you, it's tolerable. Well, the whole, like, okay, so, like, you you said before that, like, everyone's, like, trying to send a message in these newer movies. Yeah. So, like, good writers, good directors mm-hmm. see something in humans that, like, a lot of dumb writers and dumb yes. directors don't see. Yes. Is that, like, if you're a good writer, you will see, like, like the reason why Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld worked out was because they realized that, like, people are greedy, manipulative, and they will do anything to get ahead. So that's why right. George, um, Kramer, Jerry, and uh, Elaine worked out because they wrote them properly. And then they became greedy, manipulative, and like all these For sure. worst characteristics. And on top of that, great performances. You couldn't have had yeah, that without great actors. Exactly. Too. Yeah. But, but, I'm, but I'm saying that like the writing helped them form the characters and then the performers formed them like they they like everyone came together but i'm just saying that like what they used the format and then like they they did that so when you have good writers and good directors then everything forms together and Mm -hmm. then like and then it becomes the story that it is now i'm not saying it's it's the the basis for everything now i'm not saying the actors don't have input but i'm Mm -hmm. just saying that like when the actors have like an idea what to work with then everything works together but let me say this right now when it's bad writing mm-hmm. and then like and then like no one cares about the material right or the, then then it's just gonna be bad you have to also understand that like it needs to have good writers yep. good directors that's why like i feel like like overall like that's why like the cohen brothers do a good job sure. the safki brothers do a good job uh fincher does a good job like these people write because like fincher like to see this see the thing is like rosebud uh baker like she actually like said that like fincher makes her do like seven scenes until or like 10 or 12 scenes until he's like kubrick in a lot of ways yeah until he gets it right yep like it's like it's 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 to the point where like the actor is exhausted right so if that's the point then then the then this movie's gonna be good if yeah. you just do oh okay that's that's fine and then like just move on and then then the movie's gonna be garbage the movie's gonna be shit unless you have an eye like um i think guillermo del toro is one of those guys he's known as a one take dude in in certain areas uh, there's a few people that are very good at it. They just have that eye where like the director of photography will be like, okay, um, do you want to, you sure you don't want to do a second take or a third or something? Like, can we, you know, let's, let's do it over. And uh, they just have that eye, some of them, but for the most part, you are, you, I agree. You do need great directing, great writing, all these different things. See, the thing is, it's like, it's like I, 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 I film sketches before for people. Right. And uh, like, I, I will say this, like I will advocate for this. Kyle Lucy and Ben 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 Bankus, sure. they will actually like ask for input. They're not afraid of yeah. input. Because they're creative guys. Yeah, exactly. They, they're they, not afraid they to be like, hey, are, am I doing something wrong? Yeah. Am I doing something right? Like so they're not afraid to ask. But then I've worked with other people where just like they don't want any input. 
they're complete dog shit. And then I'm just like, oh, okay. Like, they don't want me to even say a single word. Right. And then, like, their whole sketch is complete garbage. Well, and then I just had to just roll my eyes during the whole entire time roll yeah. filming for them. And that's the point that I'm trying to get at. Where, like, it's like, if you, if you want input, yeah. here's my input. But then, like, but, like, sometimes, like, you're not going to be Del Toro. Mm -hmm. No, you're not. You're not. You, you, like, you're like, most likely and, and, not and going I to be. And I think that's, like, the, the, I think that's the cool part about Kyle and Ben, because they were both, like, listen, I'm not familiar in this surrounding. Yeah. I only do stand-up. But at the same time, I do somewhat of sketch improv. Mm -hmm. But... I do prefer like a voice and be like, am I doing this wrong? Am I doing right. this right? Or if I say, Hey, can you like do this? Right. And then they will just be like, Oh, okay. Like they're, they're not against hearing like, because like I would rather work with someone like that than someone that's like, no, I'm doing it right. Go fuck yourself. And I'm like, what? Like, it's like, I'd rather work with someone that's actually comfortable to hear a little bit of input right. than someone that's like, Oh, like, you're 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 like you're not fun to be around i'm the same thing and i'm i'm exploring that too now because i'm trying to make films i'm trying to do short films i got another one my first one with dialogue coming up in the springtime which i'm excited to do but i do have to learn to fucking pace myself and check myself and not be an eagle uh, megalomaniacal whatever the word is asshole and actually let people have some input because it is a fucking collaboration yeah, I don't want to be that. I don't want to be that artsy fucking avant-garde guy with a fucking beret, smoking a cigarette, and you know. Okay, no, we're gonna do another take. We're gonna do it over here. Just listen to what I'm saying, like a fucking, you know, Tarantino well, you know on steroids. Like, well, you, like, see, the thing is, like, it's like Kubrick. I'm actually excited that you brought Kubrick on because, like, sure, I actually really like his movies, and like, my my favorite movie from him is like uh, A Clock of Orange. It's my favorite too. Uh. Full Metal Jacket. You know, the, the interesting thing about him is, like, a lot of people say that, like, Eyes Wide Shut. Like, they always say, like, oh, I'm shocked you don't like Eyes Wide Shut. I'm, I'm going to say this right now, and you may be surprised. And other people, maybe if they've listened this far in, will be surprised. I still have not seen all of Eyes Wide Shut. Why? Because I just haven't. It's long. It's, it's a fucking Tom Cruise movie where... It's basically just him walking through one three-hour-long tunnel, and you see some boobies every now and then. Uh, no, honestly, man, like it's it's a great movie, and like uh, I think that like a lot of people uh, don't really see the message of it. No, it it's actually like a really good movie, right? And it's actually like diving into like really like fucked up. It is, of course, yeah. Like, dark scenarios where you're just like oh my god like i gotta watch the whole thing you, you gotta like really like like d like get into that movie and uh i think that like it's a great movie but like uh, a clockwork orange is actually like it is like the prototype to what most of these kids are into like alex not you alex but like alex is the joker yeah, uh, yeah, he's the basis of the joke or one of the inspirations. Yeah, like I, he, I, I, I always find it funny when like people go like, "Oh, I love the Joker." I'm like, then you would like a Clockwork then you Orange. Love the, well, and then, like, they're two. People they watch are different. A Clockwork Orange, and they don't get the the consensus of Some it. Some of them don't. No. Yeah, so I always find it funny when like people find like a Clockwork Orange like 
Well, it's a pretty heavy movie. I mean, in nowhere, nowhere in the Dark Knight is a fucking brutal rape scene to Singing in the Rain. Um, you know, like a lot of people would say that, like they don't even see the rape scenes. So I don't. I like. Oh yeah, no, for sure. But it's of course implied. It's implied. He's ripping that woman's, you know, shirt off and. They're, they're kicking the guy on cue and, and all that I would shit. Say like, I would say like a darker movie is Romper Somber. Never saw it. It's uh, Russell Crowe? Uh, Russell Crowe. There, there was an Australian, no, like a New Zealand movie, right? Yeah, have you ever seen, uh, there, 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 there's like a moment in the movie where he, where he stares like a Chinese lady and like she's like really nice and he goes like, you do not belong in this country and i'm just like oh my god so he's like a race is it, is it, it's a prison he's a, he's a neo-nazi he's a neo-nazi in jail right uh no, no oh no because i'm just thinking of the south park guy when cartman goes to juvenile hall there's a guy named Ropper stomper <laughs> they uh, they probably got like inspiration on it that. is it is inspiration of that yeah. but it, it's it they were parodying oz because they have like the Ugh! like the that soundtrack throughout <laughs> the episode i just remember part, cartman's cellmate is a guy named Ropper stomper yeah and he's got a fucking he's like this tattooed kid with like cigarettes rolled up in his sleeve and he's got to shit out he's got he's got to get cigarettes from commissary and smuggle them into the cell and shit them into the toilet <laughs> but cartman's like constipated and he has a hard time shitting so all you hear is just cartman off screen going Ugh. <laughs> i just remember back when he russell crowe just looks right like he looks like he's had a life he's one of those guys he, he doesn't live in hollywood he lives in like australia he just, you know, every now and then you'll see a picture of him playing acoustic guitar in like a bar. He just seems like a real dude. He's like a guy, not that I would drink with him, but I would have a cigarette with him. There's always those like those celebrities who'd be like, yeah, I'd love to have a drink with that guy. I would love to have just a fucking, I would love to have a parliament light with some of these people. I would love to have a cigarette with Johnny Depp and just listen to him just talk about anything but his marriage. Uh... I don't. If I could be really honest with you, I, I really don't want to meet any celebrity. <laughs> I really don't want to meet yeah. any celebrity. Well, no, I'm, I remember I'm kidding. One around, time but... I was across the street, and I don't consider him a celebrity, but like, uh, I, I feel like comedians consider him a celebrity. But like, I, I saw Big J Ogerson across the street from the. I comedy. saw Big J too when I, I went to the stand. I was I, afraid I, to talk to him. I, I saw him like across the street from comedy bar right and uh, i was like i was like oh i really like him he's like my, one of my favorite comedians right. i want to go talk to him and then uh he was just having a smoke and then i was like i could go and talk to him like right now but then like i i, I have like this weird like inkling in my in, in, inside of me where i'm like i don't want to meet celebrities like the the whole thing is like i i've met um uh, like I don't consider her a celebrity, but like I would, like I don't know. Like in 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 your stupid fucking world, that you, Alex, what I'm saying. Like I do have I mean, a stupid world. You can say that. But like uh, I met Michaela Peterson, and I, I I guess like people would consider her a celebrity or a public figure. But like I met her, and she was like a nice person. But in my but I was actually saying bye to people, and then we were just eventually hanging out and then she just told me to like, just stay and hang out and just right. grab drinks. So that's cool. I don't really like, but like in, in my head, I feel like these people are way more important. 
and they're doing other things and they don't want to talk to like other people. No, well, no, there's nothing wrong with saying hi to somebody. Like there's nothing, if Big J Ogerson's right there, look, there's, there's no reason to believe that the guy, the 45 year old man wearing the hoodie and jorts with spiky hair and Andrew Dice clay gloves would not be down to earth. I think that guy's a pretty real dude. Yeah. You could say, (laughs) you could say yo to him. Yeah. But I mean, like, I'm with you, man. Like, I, I think you guys have this image of me that I'm like this Hollywood lover. And I just can't wait to just move on to the sun, like to Sunset Boulevard, like all those things. Like, I have these delusions of that. I fucking hate Hollywood. I don't want to go. I don't want to go anywhere near it. I'll visit it. I'll, you know, whatever. But I'm not like I'm not looking to like chum it up with Hollywood stars. Like, I just want to fucking like I live in a I live in a studio apartment in Toronto. Alex, I, I just think you're a British cigarette. My, <laughs> I may be a British cigarette. But no, my favorite stars are the kinds of guys every night, like they live off the grid, like McConaughey in Texas, Mickey, like the kinds of guys you see a pop, you, you see a paparazzi photo of them. They're, they're shirtless in a parking lot smoking a crack pipe. Those are the celebrities that I want to be around because I think that those guys have the secret to life. I don't, I don't, I don't look at any of these like, like I said, like a lot of people always ask me, like, who's my favorite comedian? And I always say, like, I, right now, this very moment, I would say, like, low key guys. Like, I I know he's like on like a very established show, but like, Dan Soder's my favorite comedian. Yeah, Dan Soder's such a normal guy. He's such a normal fucking guy. He's a comics comic, and I think that whole group of that graduating class of comics, whether it's Okerson, Dan Soder, all those guys Nate who Bargoski, are Jay, Joe List, yeah. Uh, Andrew Mark Schultz, Norman. Ari Shafir, all those. Ari Shafir is maybe a little older, but we, we, you know, that wheelhouse. Sam Morrell, people. yeah, yeah. Uh, I think they're all pretty down to earth guys. And again, like I, well, met, I, I met Luis Gomez, and he was a fucking sweetheart. Well, I wouldn't say a sweetheart, but he was a good guy. He was a nice guy. No, I, I felt like he was a lot grateful of, I've met to like be a lot of established comedians. And like I, I'll say this right now: David Kackner was really nice. Dean Del Rey was really nice. Sam Tripoli was really nice. Right. All these guys are really nice, but like, I, I know. Like, if I would ever meet Dan Soder, he wouldn't be, like, a total dick. No. Like, and that's the whole thing. It's like, Soder actually seems like a normal human being. If you met some of these Hollywood people, like Oscar winners, some of them might not even be dicks. People are people. It's a fucking mixed bag. I know people, again, who are marginally successful, who are comics comics, maybe, and some of them are kind of douchey. You know? Yeah, it it's all a mixed did, bag all, of things. It all really depends because, like, apparently Tom Hanks is a fucking sweetheart. He's the biggest, he's the most famous person in the world. I wouldn't be shocked by that. Yeah, he, he has to work like, like you have to also understand that, like, Tom Hanks did like the most sweetheart movie on earth. Yeah, he did Forrest Gump. Yeah, that that doesn't mean he can't be a douche, but that, no, that's... no, 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 like, like, like. See, the thing is, like, it's like that is like, like. If it, okay, so see the difference is like the guy that played Dwight Schrute, like he could kind of be a dick. Yeah, Rain, like, Rain Wilson. Yeah, but like Tom Hanks, when you're like the sweetheart of America and you won Oscars, you kind of have to be the sweetheart of America. Yeah. You can't just be like, oh, go fuck yourself. And like, you kind of do have to be cringing at Ricky Gervais's jokes at the Golden Globes. You kind of have to be that guy who's just every time, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because you have an image to uphold. You can't, like, like, look, look at, look at, uh, look at Bruce Willis. 
Yeah. Look at the movie that he that he broke out in. Yeah. Die Hard. He fucking broke out in Die Hard. Right. Look at uh look at um Mel Gibson. He broke out in all those fucking Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon was his big one. Yeah. yeah. Fucking Richard like Donner. Braveheart. Like Bra- yeah. Like those are the movies where he was like a badass. If he just came out and was just like, hi guys, how's it going? If he was like kind of like 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 that's kind of like weird. Yeah, yeah. Like he is like 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 they're allowed to be assholes. Mm-hmm. Tom Hanks, he's kind of not allowed to be. He's not like he's like a nice guy. I I I, I kind of respect him being a nice guy. Uh, maybe I do want to move to Hollywood. <laughs> All right, we got to end it off there. I knew you were a pedophile. I know. <laughs> oh my. Well, that's that's the closing line. That's the closing line of the podcast, everybody. Uh I am Alex DeWitt with Mitchell Albert. Mitchell, fire off your socials really quick. I should have done this in the beginning, but fire off your socials. Uh I uh the Daily Mitch on uh Instagram and uh I started a YouTube channel. And uh, I'm talking about e-celebrities. Okay. What and, is that? Uh, I uh, I think that like uh, YouTube celebrities are way more interesting than regular celebrities. Okay. Because uh, I, I think that like we should... Like I, I'm doing video essays on them. Right. And uh, I think that like overall like they have like a very interesting life because like they have opened up their life way more than regular celebrities because like Audrey Hepburn and like James Dean never did that. No, they didn't, but they didn't have the technology either. Right? No, they didn't. But I'm saying that like, this is like a time that we should be documenting. So I uh, am doing like a lot of, uh, I'm going to be doing like a lot of videos lately on like, I'm doing one on David Dobrik. I'm doing one on Jake Paul. I'm going to be doing one on Logan Paul and mm-hmm. all these celebrities because I think that like these celebrities uh, have need to be talked about because uh, they have uh, a very interesting life. They are very open, and uh, I uh, I have a lot of opinions on uh, these celebrities because they're kind of like revolution. Like they're being being very revolutionary. Like uh, Jake Paul is changing boxing, but I also agree that uh, David Dobrik has uh, killed sitcoms, and uh, that's how I personally feel. Has what sitcoms? Uh, David Dobrik has killed sitcoms. What's killed sitcoms? Like killed sitcoms? He he killed. Oh, killed like funny. Oh, okay. Like it's over. It's obsolete now because of David Dobrik. Yeah. Okay. I think he is the guy that killed it and he actually like showed like a new generation that you don't need to watch sitcoms anymore you can watch him and his friends being wacky scenarios and instead of them having a laugh track his friends are the laugh track yeah and uh i uh i talk about it i'm going to talk about that in a lot of my videos and i'm going to talk about like how these celebrities these e-celebrities are changing the game and how youtube is going to be the new tv instead of them having a kramer there's videos of them saying racial slurs. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so Instagram. The Daily Mitch. Uh, uh, and then uh, YouTube. YouTube um, uh, Mitchell Alvis. Uh, you, you guys could find me. And uh, yeah, Instagram, Mitchell Alvis. Uh, yeah. The TikTok, Mitchell. Uh, the Daily Mitch. Fuck. Uh, yeah. Just 
Follow me everywhere. Beauty. Oh, there you have it. Okay, Mitchell Alvis, Alex DeWitt, Something's Off Podcast. Don't forget to get me, Something's Off Alex DeWitt, on Instagram. Find me on Twitter, TikTok, Pornhub, YouPorn, OnlyFans, SpankBank, the whole fucking thing. I'm pimping myself out, folks. It's over for me. Thank you.